0: All right, so we are on page 25, chapter 5 of Steps to Liberation. Second factor, right intention. Quote, intention, I tell you, is an action. Through intention, one acts by ways of body, speech, and mind. Close quote. The Buddha connected discourses 663. The Buddha's approach to liberation can live within us when we understand the practices of the Eightfold Path. This path contains a remarkable set of straightforward practices that can free us from attachment and clinging and thus from suffering. As we saw in our discussion of right view, it is the task of the first factor of the Eightfold Path to provide the perspective for finding the path by bringing our attention to suffering, its cause, and the possibility of ending it.
1: If we're interested in walking the Buddha's path to freedom, then right view can show us whether our intentions are in accord with the purpose of this path. By applying perspective of right view to the intentions, we live by we can determine if our intentions either cause suffering or contribute to its cessation. It is not possible to end suffering if our intentions cause suffering to others or to ourselves.
2: Intentions are the primary or underlying motivations for what we think, say, or do. They are often more basic than what we want. They are the deeper purposes for why we want what we want. So, for example, we may want to go food shopping. The underlying intention may be to care for ourselves or our family, or the impetus to shop may be to distract ourselves from being lonely. Often, multiple intentions operate together. In shopping for groceries, we might be motivated by wishes to eat healthy, to save money, to buy fair trade products, to impress friends coming to a dinner party, to be comforted or to have pleasure. If we only think our intention is to shop, we may not consider these other purposes that inform why and how we shop. Intentions are consequential. When we act
3: on them, the consequences are found in their impact on the world. Whether we act on them or not, Intentions also have an impact on our inner world of mind and heart. They contribute to our mood and to the quality of our mental life. Ongoing intentions create habits of mind that predispose us to continue to be motivated by these intentions. When intentions undermine our well-being, they do so even more when they are habits. When intentions that support our happiness become second nature, We create the creation the conditions for greater
4: happiness. I mean, he's not really addressing, which a lot of people don't, the idea that that the intention has to be good. No, I mean not like in good in terms of intention, but there are some there's this like saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So so your intention might lead to great to less happiness if it's an ill-conceived intention. So you might believe in it wholeheartedly, right? You might believe whatever you know. You can all, oh, look who we have an A. Yay,
5: hey, an A!
2: <laughs> well, Kim, isn't that the isn't that the whole reasoning behind prajna?
4: Wisdom, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, who's he
5: reading?
1: Does, he does,
5: and, it's not, Dan's turn, isn't it? Yeah. Mine?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
6: Are, are we going alphabetically or reverse yes. alphabet?
4: Yes. Reverse? Yeah, reverse yeah. no, alphabetically.
6: But, Don, but Donna just went, right?
5: I thought Stephanie read.
6: Oh, I thought Donna just went.
5: Oh, okay. they, Donna just read it's my turn, so.
4: Okay,
6: because okay, I'll, I'll I don't even know what page we're on yet.
5: Okay,
6: what page uh, are we on?
5: We are on 26, the very last sentence oh. of the page.
6: Okay, good. I'm I on that page. I just right. okay, great. Thank you.
5: In the Eightfold Path, the Buddha singled out three intentions or attitudes that cause suffering and which take us away from the path these are lust, ill will, and hostility, comma. Vyapada, and Himsa. Lust, and this includes craving and addiction to central pleasures of any kind, reinforce attachment and keeps the mind agitated. Similarly, anyone who has experienced ill will and hostility knows these are troubled and painful states. By leading to more suffering, not less, lust, ill will, and hostility travel opposite the direction of the eightfold path.
4: i'm next um what
5: yeah you're next
4: in contrast the second step on the eightfold path right intention involves cultivating intentions that do lead to less suffering (coughs) these are the positive opposites of lust ill will and hostility that can overcome these harmful motivations The opposite of lust is described as renunciation or relinquishing. Nick comma, we can be inspired to practice. (coughs) Why is renunciation when we consider its benefits, simplicity, ease, and non-harming? The opposites of ill will and hostility are non-ill will and non-hostility. Avyapada and Ahimsa. In the ancient language of the Buddha, the negative prefix implies their positive opposites. Non-ill will means goodwill, and non-hostility means compassion.
0: In order to cultivate renunciation, goodwill, and compassion, we begin by having the intention to do so. When it isn't easy to have good intentions, it's helpful and meaningful to wish that we could. Then we can at least practice restraint and not act on our harmful intentions.
1: If our intentions or thoughts involve lust, ill will, or hostility, then it is useful to find a way to disengage from them. Becoming aware of how painful these states are can help overcome the mind's obsession with them. If if we recognize the value of the opposite of these intentions, renunciation, goodwill, and compassion, then it will be easier to adjust our orientation and think in terms of the positive intentions, even when we don't feel like it.
2: Here is an example of how this might work. When we are caught up in red-hot anger or frustration, it is easy to have our attention preoccupied with what has triggered the anger. If we are overly preoccupied with the object of our anger, we may not be aware of what it feels like subjectively to be angry. But by becoming mindful of the subjective feeling of discomfort, we can realize that it is not worthwhile to keep feeling this way. This helps us to lessen our interest in being preoccupied. After all, being preoccupied is not inherent in a difficult situation. It is part of our reaction to it. As preoccupation lessens, we can reflect on useful ways to relate to the situation or the persons we are angry with. If we consider right intention, we reflect on how goodwill or kindness might be useful. Practicing right intention would mean finding ways to express this goodwill
6: Mm, um, Reflecting on the three right intentions is not meant to pretend or to cover over what we really feel Once we have become aware of how we feel then part of a realistic sorry then part of a realistic assessment of a situation includes considering the role that our intentions might have in that situation. In what way could the three right intentions be useful? Which one is most helpful? Through such consideration it becomes more likely that we will want to act on right intentions.
3: The intentions we live by have major consequences in shaping our lives, characters, and psychological well-being. It is therefore invaluable to reflect deeply about what intentions are most important to us. These can be the compass directions that guide our lives. Even when it is a challenge to follow the compass, the wish to do so puts us on the path of liberation.
5: And what about those times we can't change our intentions for the better? In those cases, it's useful to first bring a heightened awareness to these intentions. It is also helpful to be mindful of the relationships and reactivity we, we have to our, to our unskillful in, intentions. Practicing nonjudgmental mindfulness can reduce the suffering that comes from how we relate to these unskillful intentions straightforwardly without being reactive and adding to them. And applying right intention to our unwise and unskillful intentions, we can arouse a degree of compassion for ourselves. We can also try to pause long enough to reflect on which intentions we do want to act on. Even if we have a strong desire to do something unskillful, we might be able to at least not act on the desire we can act on something more skillful.
4: As was stated earlier, we don't just walk the eightfold path for ourselves. Sometimes people assume that in bringing attention to our suffering, (coughs) the eightfold path leads only to self-concern. But the renunciation, goodwill and compassion of right intention usually establish the path of practice within the context of our interpersonal relationships. I'm glad he said that because it seems really hard to have intentions without uh, other people, though uh, we can have personal intentions. Uh, concern for the welfare of (coughs) others is integral to walking the Eightfold Path. While it is the practice of right intention that fosters positive intentions toward others, the next three, steps on the eightfold path, right speech, right action, and right livelihood, are about putting these intentions into action. Okay, let's read these through.
1: Can I I ask a question about... Of course. Where, can somebody help me, uh, where do these unskillful intentions come from? What is the motivation?
4: Ellen Ellen and I were reading Freud a couple of (laughs) days ago, and part of them come from uh, wanting to uh, fulfill our instinctual desires.
3: Or greed, hate, and delusion. There you go.
4: Our 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 first thought being I want this I need this. First thought being I. I. Well I yes I I is a problem but I want this I need this, and and not thinking of the repercussions.
3: And not being aware of the non-self um, impermanence and inter interconnectivity, it's like the other side of um, of that coin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's the separation, se- se- separating myself. The 200,
4: 250,000 motorcyclists who are all coming together, um, I guess we could say that their intention might not be right intention because they're thinking about their immediate might be. <laughs>
5: What? It might be. I mean, their intention what? might be to, you know, Know, get together with their friends and have a good time.
4: But they're not thinking of the repercussions. We think they're not. Yeah.
5: To the best of their ability. I mean, I mean, there we go with all that. What Paul was talking about and what you were talking about. I mean, all the causes and conditions of (laughs) whether intention is wise or not. You know.
4: So the Dalai Lama. I've mentioned this before. Some of us have read this. Dalai Lama was asked aren't you excited when you see a beautiful woman and he said yes and then I think about the you know the repercussions what this would so there he's able to to um, have his bigger intentions intervene into just what he wants to do in that particular moment.
0: Um, I think about the fact that we came we come into this world craving our first breath of air. And from that moment forward, there is craving. And that we live in a society that promotes and perpetuates a consumer society craving. And it is those distortions coupled with this fear-based sense of lack that um, create a sense, a deeper sense of this I. Because I'm craving, I lack, I should have more. And so it just, the I becomes magnified. And it's a, it's a challenge. And so I do think good intentions, Kim, I want, I'd like you to repeat something you said because I don't know that I caught it all. I th- I think the intention to both do no harm and at the same time, create positive in the world. Um, can be done without other people around. We don't have to have someone's presence to do no harm in our thoughts and our actions. Um,
4: yeah, you could be a, 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 on a desert island and it could be your intention to take care of the island or to take care of yourself or to survive. So or yeah. to
0: Or to contribute the benefit of my meditation to all living beings, so
4: anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I was wrong.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just a view. It's just a perspective.
2: There you go. Yes.
4: <laughs> Thank you. So should we read um, the reflections and practices? Yes.
0: And then yes. decide
4: what we're going to do with them? Okay, who's reading now? I read. So after K is M and N. No.
0: Who's am I next? Yeah. Oh, I beg your pardon. All right. Um, reflections and Practices, Right Intention, Week One, Lust and Renunciation. For this week, give yourself time to notice and reflect on the role of lust in your life. For this purpose, consider lust any strong desire or compulsion for sensual pleasure of any kind. How much time do you spend thinking about and wanting sensual pleasure? What forms of sensual pleasure are you most motivated by? How do your desires for sensual pleasure affect you? How much time and money do you spend pursuing comfort, pleasure, or sensual gratification? Gratification. How does your pursuit of sensual pleasure affect others?
1: Spend an equal amount of time considering what benefits might be available to you if you let go of attachments you may have to any sensual pleasures. What helpful intentions might you want to use to replace intentions connected to sensual pleasure? When you do pursue sensual pleasures, what other helpful intentions can guide this pursuit? In what ways can peace and simplicity help you understand the benefits of renunciation?
2: Week two, ill will and goodwill. For this week, notice and reflect on the role of ill will and aversion in your life. How frequently are you aversive, condemning, hateful, or indignant? In what conditions are you more likely to be aversive? How do aversion and ill will affect your body? How do they affect your mind and inner life? And how do they influence your behavior?
6: Also reflect on your relationship to goodwill, kindness, and loving kindness. How often do you have goodwill for others? Are you interested in or motivated to have more goodwill? For this week, spend time actively intending goodwill to others. This could be privately thinking thoughts of well-wishing to strangers you meet, e.g. store clerks, people in line with you as long as they're standing six feet away. person standing in line in front of you as long as that person is wearing a mask it could be done, it could be done by reflecting on how you might bring more friendliness to friends or relatives you'll be spending time with as you practice such goodwill. how does this affect you
4: so we, another another um Overlapping may be between view and intention. as I'm reading more and more Mm -hmm. here.
3: Week three, hostility and compassion. For this week, give yourself time to reflect on the ways hostility appears in your life. It may be useful to consider expressions of anger and irritation toward others or yourself as a form of hostility. Do your actions and words cause harm, even in minor ways? How are you harmed, perhaps mentally, when you express hostility? As you consider the effects of your hostility, how are you affected by this reflection?
5: Also reflect on your relationship to compassion. What role has compassion had in your life, both the receiving of it and having it for others? During this week, look for opportunities to experience compassion. Spend time staying with any compassion you might be feeling. How does it feel to be compassionate? How might it benefit you if you cultivated more compassion? How can you have more how can you have more self-compassion?
4: During this week, look for opportunities to act compassionately. Notice how acting with compassion affects you. In what ways can you act compassionately so you feel more peaceful, more at ease, and perhaps less self-centered? How can compassion serve as a support to your inner freedom?
0: Week four, loving-kindness practice. During this week, practice a period of loving-kindness meditation every day. If you are not familiar with this practice, instructions can be found in Chapter 22 of my book, The Issue at Hand. In addition, as you go about your day, periodically send loving-kindness toward people you encounter. Consider ways you might like to act in kind ways, then try to do so.
4: Okay, so do you want a period of time to write now? Stephanie said yes. Yes. Nelda said yes. So we have seven people saying yes.
5: Well, that's fine. Yeah.
4: Um, so how long do you want, Stephanie?
2: You're muted, Stephanie.
4: they both. <laughs> this is like um, no ten, mail ballots.
2: 10 to 15 minutes, somewhere around that.
4: Okay, 15 minutes, how's that?
2: And what are we gonna
6: write on, write about it? The four
4: questions.
6: All four, qu- all well, four the fourth Well,
4: the fourth, the fourth is the hardest to write about because it's something you're supposed to do.
2: Yeah, I would say basically write about right intention.
4: Okay, can everyone buy that?
2: So not yeah. what, not the prompts.
6: So we're not well, following e- the prompts. You, you, could, you could use th- the prompts. E- either way. Yeah, okay
4: right intention. Donna asked a great question. What's the difference? Well, between well, right, right view and thoughts. But all of these are thoughts so far. Intention, view, and thoughts. If You can sort that out. Maybe examples.
6: The thought uh, seems more generic to me than, than view.
4: Yeah. So what we talked about is is this idea that, that um, these are all things to lead to liberation and to end suffering. Yeah. Where thoughts might be about other stuff, maybe.
6: Is it too oh. much of an interruption, Could su- Kim? Yes. Oh. What is
5: intention? <laughs> <laughs> Go back to page one, Anne. You no. probably
4: missed that. Let's go back and, and talk about that before we start writing.
6: Well, I'm the only one, so I can go back and read. No,
4: no, no, I think it's important.
2: It's a good question, Anne. Why didn't I? Well, guess?
4: here, if we go to the beginning, of, the Buddha says, intention, I tell you, is an action.
6: Wait, where are you, Kim?
4: Uh, five, second factor, right intention.
6: Page 25. 25. The talk. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I missed the first part.
4: Intention, I tell you, is an action, which is interesting because you're not yeah. doing, you're not doing anything in a sense.
2: Yeah. Right, but I like the way the Buddha connects that through intention, one acts. Yeah.
6: So it's kind of almost like it's like if you had an act and there is and it has a start and a middle and an end like the intention would be almost like the start, right? right? It might be throughout, but it's kind of what propels. It's that. Oh, action that Propels, propels act. it forward. Yeah.
4: So we've all heard this saying a thousand mile journey is started with a single step. And so I've kind of wondered about yeah. zero, like what, ha- how it, it seems the difference between people is whether they take that single step or not, but, mm. but what is that process of being in, in you know, like place zero. So. Are you at zero, you have an intention, and then you take a step? Or is that the first step? It seems it's from a, what Buddha's saying, that's kind of the first step, is this intention. intention. So you're
0: so you're, I'm getting confused, Kim, because I thought I understood in intention as action, because I, I, I have a very simple approach. Love is not a noun, it's a verb. And so it's an active word and it permeates, it imbues every every act, every thought, every every breath. It doesn't have a beginning point or end. And I just I, I saw when I read this intention is an action, is that it doesn't have a start or, or an end, that it it actually is a thread through an active thread through the way we live. Am I am I confusing this? I think, well, I think
4: that's good yeah. to confuse things.
0: <laughs> this know.
4: is really important. What you know, Ann's question: What is intention? So let's write about that too. What is intention? Okay. Well, I'm 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 going to oh. comment.
1: I'd like to comment on what Nelda was just saying. Oh, good. Okay. But, but I, i hope that i don't fall into the trap of judging that (laughs) what you were saying because that's what i commonly do but but uh on on as we were reading uh like on the next page on page 26 it gave examples of the it was talking about intentions and then it gave examples of the motivations for shopping and and those motivations were pretty simple and straightforward Uh, uh, let me see. You might want to save money. You might want to buy fair trade products. You might want to impress friends coming to a dinner party. So, so when I'm thinking about those things, those are intentions and those are actions and they seem pretty concrete. I I guess I'm sure that you could, you could make the argument that they don't have a beginning or an end, but, um, but that's the way I was thinking of intentions, is that, it, that, that they're pretty concrete things. And in particular, when I was asking the question about where do these uh, unskillful intentions come from, those seem pretty concrete. Um,
0: I guess I was putting it in the context of the title of the chapter, Right Intention. And so when it gave that list anything that is an action whether it's shopping or my motivation is to go show that i don't need to wear a mask when i'm in the grocery store store i mean they yes they're all intention but but it can be each of those can be distinguished based on whether or not they benefit you and all all living beings and so i i apologize i left out the word right intention because we started with the question what is an intention like, yeah so no i agree i agree some of those are quite unskillful in a certain context
3: (laughs) unskillful but often unconscious yes
4: Mm -hmm.
0: yes
6: I was just thinking that too, Donna, about how it's almost like conditioning, that it's pervasive, yes. and there's probably so much we're just totally unaware of. That oh, he, he if talks about that. In the grocery store, it's just like, wow, I thought I was just going shopping.
4: <laughs> well, it's there's a, Oh, there's a sentence, often multiple intentions operate together in shopping for groceries. We might be motivated by wishes to eat healthily, to save money to buy, on and on and on. It's just very complicated. It's like a very
6: complex weave.
4: Yeah. Go on, Paul.
2: Sorry.
1: Well, I just I I, I felt really dumb at the end of that paragraph. So he gave these concrete examples of the motivations. And those are typically, I guess, you can view them as, well, anyway, they're they're concrete examples. In the last sentence, he says, if we only think our intentions is to shop and that really made me feel dumb because I didn't understand that as an intention to shop. There's a motivation for shopping. Maybe I want, maybe I'm hungry and I need to get groceries. That's the motivation. But when he said, if we think our intention is simply to shop, I thought, whoa, 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 I don't understand. I, I don't understand that. There's always a motivation. And somehow the motivation is connected to the intention and it can be either a skillful or an unskillful. But just to shop doesn't seem mm-hmm. like an intention. Yeah. To shop, while well, it's an action, it's not an intent. Anyway, the, I felt dumb when I read that. I couldn't figure that out.
6: I, I felt the same way. And then I felt like the last part of the sentence where he says, we, when we think it's just to shop, we might not consider that these other things are, inform why and what why and how we shop so it's yeah, kind of that- like we feel like oh it's just a shop but that's like not taking into account the actual intentions underneath that inform how and why we're there
4: we And we might want to escape our house who-
0: yeah but that's I see I-, I see what Paul's saying that the action of shopping is is the action that results from all of these other intentions. Escape yeah. the house, impress our friends, you know. Yes. Yes. So, it, well, maybe he's just not the, the, the best wordsmith, and that leads us to an opportunity to discuss. So,
3: <laughs> Well, as a 27-year um, veteran of retail, uh, working in bookstores, there are people who shop. You know, that's their motivation is to go out and spend money.
2: Wow. Like uh, why?
0: That's the, 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 the act. Wow.
6: <laughs> like, what's the, what's the why and how of that?
2: <laughs> that's so. <laughs> so, I, I think, yeah, what Donna is speaking to, I think, is a lot of, um, has to do with family dysfunction. Um, and and the wanting to escape, the wanting to numb out. It's, you know, whether you're watching TV or whether you're eating or whether you're spending money, it is, it is an addiction and it is something that you do mindlessly. There is no thought to it. You just find yourself, how did I get here? And you're just like a zombie.
4: Yeah, actually, um, this movie we were making, we went to, um, like Marshall's, I think it was Marshall's, and we got permission from the Marshall office to do some filming there, and we got these high school girls. I mean, they weren't even we didn't even have to ask them, but they would just look through clothes like this. We got that mm-hmm. rhythm, you know, just one dress after another, one gloss after another, and just kind it was like a hypnotic rhythm that we got, mm-hmm. okay. So let's do, um, we can still do 15 minutes. Okay. I'm going to mute everyone.
0: Okay, thank you.
4: Okay. Oh. Wake up, Ellen. (laughs) Unmute, unmute, unmute. Okay. So should we each take a couple of minutes? I don't really need
5: a couple of minutes. I Wait, just. Wait, I
4: can't hear you. Oh.
5: Yeah, you can. Maybe it's my problem. Good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wake up, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I pretty much just uh, reviewed the cha- the important aspects of the chapter that I wanted to carry forth. Okay. The week. And I did, uh, I did notice that probably my sensual pleasures were good tasty food (laughs) and uh entertainment so those will be things i'll be looking at that's me
2: yeah and i uh for me i i really appreciated donna bringing that up about how intentions can be so subliminal um i i I wrote a little bit about how I realized so much of my intentions in the past were driven by my parts um, that I was not aware of at all, just on autopilot, but yet they were intentions. Um, And so I'm really gonna be looking at that, I think over the next week.
4: Uh I was thinking about baseball first. if view is ground zero, what is intention? And I thought that would be like step one. Um, my maybe view is more general. Up at bat, so that's baseball. View is I'm going to be calm and focused. Intention might be more specific, like I'm going to hit a line drive down the third baseline. And then action would be the fulfillment of that. Um, as to ending suffering, my view might be to save all beings, whereas my intention might be to operate a food bank, to feed the hungry. And then, and then I, I, I was a little bothered by his, um, this fulfillment of sensual pleasure. Um, and, and I know there's two views of renunciation that I've heard of. One is the more strict monk view which is not engaging in sensual pleasure and the other is it's kind of uh, renunciating the attachment to that. It's a little uh, more open and I've seen monks actually how much they enjoy food and how much they you know there's all kinds of things they enjoy and so so there's all kind and and this is true once I really got on this um, Catholic priest because he was Smoking, and he was—you could tell that how much he was enjoying the sensual pleasure. And um, well, anyway, that wasn't very nice of me. I think he's talking about being an ascetic, which, you know, wasn't supposed to be the what B- Buddhists do—like deprivation. So you can either OD on se- on sensual pleasure, like overeating or you can engage in pleasure in a healthy way intention could be moderation so that's that's what i wrote okay
3: um i was uh curious about how do we know um, how can we judge or understand our motivations for right intention um it seems like we have such a poor idea sometimes of, of, of our motivations. Um, And yes, maybe we're using the guidance of renunciation, goodwill and compassion, but it seems like the only way, like he said, that ultimately you can only know the rightness of intention by the impact on others or ourselves. And so uh, that seems to set up kind of a, you a, a test, I suppose, is, is experience, the way we can ultimately judge. Um, so since we're so diluted, easily diluted, um, it, I guess it's a matter of, you know, something arises and we have an intention toward it, um, you know, the pause and reflect, observe the situation, our initial response, um, know look at it maybe if we've got something to compare it to with the past um, use that as part of the motivation as well as the um, uh, you know renunciation goodwill and compassion Uh, and then you know you either follow through with the intention or you hold back and but you've still got to follow up the consequences of it Mm. but in so many ways i mean there are any situation, there are so many factors. Um, you know, the level of complexity in anything is just crazy. <laughs> so, um, you know, how do, we, how do we find a way, you know, I, it, it seems like, for me, it's gonna be really easy to overthink. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, I guess the pause, reflect, Um, you know, operate, you know, goodwill, compassion, renunciation, and, you know, check results, repeat.
4: You don't know, do you? No. Like Nelda was talking about gift and giver and receiver and all that, and you don't know when you give a gift what the the result will be. Mm -hmm. Or it might be something that the person will injure themselves on, so... That certainly wasn't your intention.
3: Right.
4: Give the kid a skateboard and they break their arm. Break their arm? Twice. My friend broke, his kid broke it twice. Oh my gosh. One arm oh. and then the other, I think, I, I don't remember. Finally, he gave it up and now he's a he's a percussionist, really doing well. So. Took, you know, 30 years, okay yeah go
0: on i was going to say so i approached um intention through a back door and the way that i did it was rather than try to figure out what it meant is i sat with um week three and looking at hostility and when that arises in me and it, it tends to arise when I see what I consider political, uh, unskillful political thought and action and also drivers on the road that sort of tick me off. And um, so I have a standard practice to kind of, and it's just automatic that when a negative thought comes up, what follows, whether or not in my reactivity, I understand the absolute breadth of the word meta, It just, I just start saying meta 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 (laughs) sometimes with the tone but it breaks that but then i had this realization as i was doing this which which is a reflection of intention and that is how very strong when i'm indignant how very strong my power up notion of myself my inflated self sense of self and how just in those unconscious thoughts I raise myself in terms of a power differential with that person who's being unskillful and just doing that, sitting here, it really shocked me and brought sh- the feeling of shame, which then, you know, again. So in going through this, this exercise um, my intention is to meet others on equal ground and yet I see how that gets undermined in, in just the very thought of my thinking that person's unskillful instead of just sitting with what they're doing and loving them behind the, loving the them they are behind this veneer that looks like their actions and limiting it to their actions and creating a power differ, uh, differential in doing that. And I hope that made sense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah
4: so how do you do that for like let's say someone who, who isn't wearing a mask and how do you do that without thinking that you're better than they are and that you're able to judge them and and so forth so
0: i can do it easily with trump i shouldn't say names i can do it easily with certain political figures because i i literally see a mask on them and try to envision What hurt, pain, and distorted views were handed to them from a young age on up. And then I love Peg when she gave that Dharma talk, when she said, reframing it, he happens to be one of the greatest Buddhas of our time. Because he has created through his actions, and I don't think she said unskillful actions, she said he has created through his actions. So much compassion, so much, you know, activity and a view toward inclusiveness. And so, yeah, I see people, if I don't get reactive, if I can get to that word meta, whether or not I really am thinking of of its, it's real meaning, if I can just repeat it over and over, all of a sudden I see this mask and say there's so much more behind that. And the sun shines on all of us, not just the skillful. And unskillful. So that's where I went to try to get at intention because m- m- my my dearest intention is not to hold others on unequal ground, to hold others, everyone, the way the sun holds us, it shines on all of us. So, any, anyway, that's where I went.
4: Okay, next.
1: Uh, I really appreciate uh, your your comments and in particular the um so the what what i got uh stripped up on is that uh, the difference between intention and motivation because even as you were commenting you mentioned you know you had you had intentions to meet meet um don't remember exactly how you said meet on on even ground uh but there's something underlying that can that that can uh interfere with that and that's what i asked early on what is the mode what where does this motivation come from because on the one hand you know i can think and say that i have an intention for example to love everyone but then it turns out as i was writing uh writing about this this particular uh, step uh my intention is undermined without Without even consciously knowing it, uh, and then what really scared me was um, in, I went back and was reading part of the chapter and it said that um, you know uh, our uh, our intention can um, affect us, not just others i mean it, it has consequences it affects our own well being our our mind and our heart and our and um, and if i 'm so unaware of of uh unskillful motivations that come to play even though I, I you know i say that i have a good intention but yet these motivations come in and interfere and they affect my well-being you know my heart my mind it really scared me <laughs> um and, and, and by the way, I only wrote on uh, lust and, it, and whatever amount of time we wrote on. And I thought, oh my, I didn't even get to ill will. Or Ill. And I didn't even, I mean, hat, there's right on forever and
4: ever and ever, you know. <laughs> okay, so our time is up. Okay. So we're going to work a little during the week on intention. Yes. And then see you guys next week. Have a great okay. week.
2: It's been great. Thank, you, Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay.